Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. There is great power in unity. We are a family. When we fight the enemy in one-minded obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing in hell that can stand against it. But unity with God will put you at opposition to demons and many times the men that they influence. Therefore, blind unity can be a very dangerous thing. Paul had to address this in the church family of Thessalonica. He had to let the faithful know that when there were those who are not behaving by the fruits of the Spirit or speaking by the leading of it, then we are not called to remain in unity with that error. Though we are to remain in good character, in exhorting a brother to truth and repentance and lovingly praying for their realignment with the teachings, words, and spirit of Jesus, with all diligence and fervency as one would pray for their own brother, father, or mother. When the enemy causes men to stir up confusion, deception, rebellion, disagreement with the words and leading of Jesus, pride, offenses, contention, any ungodly characteristic, then it is okay to walk away and pray for them from a distance. Speak the truth to them in love, but if they do not receive it, then it's okay, as advised by Paul, to separate from that which pollutes your spirit and tempts you to draw away from unity with Jesus. However, it is not okay to abandon them to this state. You are called to pray. If you know that there is a problem, then you are obligated to pray for them. Be relentless. Fight in the spirit. Make the devil regret that he dared to use them against the brethren. Fast and cry out for them until they respond to the prompts of heaven. Get a revelation of their disunity with the spirit and are restored through humble repentance. Pray that they come into subjection to God, deliverance from the enemy, and can safely be unified again as both friend and family. This is your call and purpose and proper response to a problem in the body of Christ. Just like in your natural family, when there is a problem that is affecting your spirit, Sometimes you have to step away from it, get your own heart right again, and pray for them 
from a distance until the Lord steps in with correction and restoration. Because if the enemy can get you and the other party in the wrong spirit and in disagreement with the words, teachings, and character of Jesus, then you're both defeated. But if you will stop, separate for a moment to pray, get instruction, be reminded to love them, then you will be more likely to fight for them than against them. And in doing so, see them brought to redemption and the devil's plots and plans defeated and turned against them. So use wisdom. Maintain your righteousness. Be set apart unto Jesus and pray with authority that all might be restored unto unity with him who is the head of the family. In James chapter 4 verse 17, it tells us this, To him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Therefore, if you know that you ought to forgive and be praying and warring in the spirit for the fallen brethren, and you don't do it, then it is sin to you. This is why the prophet Samuel says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, Moreover, as for me, though he was speaking to a backslidden people in great error, he said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Lord, give us the faith, the wisdom, and the patience to continue praying for the brethren. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it tells us this, Brethren, if a man be overthrown in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is New Testament. Yes, there are still laws and commandments that we are commanded to follow under the new covenant. And this is one of them. This is the law of Christ. When he told us a new law do I give you, because that from the beginning we had the law to love God with all of our hearts and to love others as ourselves. But Christ takes it a little further. He says, love God above all else and love others more than yourself. He says, love them as I have loved you. He was willing to pray for us even while we despised and rejected him, while we were yet sinners, how much more so for the fallen brethren. But even for those who are in absolute rebellion and wickedness, we still ought to have a heart to fight for them. Yes, we are called to stand in unity with the Spirit, which will cause us to be in opposition with men and with world systems. But we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against powers and principalities and rulers in high places that these people might be freed from their bondage and deception. So, my friend, remember, it's not you against them. It's kingdom against kingdom. And you need to stand with the king and fight to help him redeem the lost children. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus tells us this, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Lord, we pray today for wisdom and discernment to know your heart 
and to walk in your footsteps, to not assume that we understand or that our right hand can discern from the left, but by the leading of your spirit, you give us wisdom in every situation. So Lord, sometimes you do tell us to walk away from something and pray from a distance. Lord, we want to be in agreement and alignment with you and your spirit. We want to be able to hear what you're telling us without all these other voices in our ear. Sometimes we have to get away from the lies and confusion and deception and plots and plans of the enemy when we know that he is manipulating or laying a snare from us or trying to seduce us into temptations. Lord, it is wisdom and you instruct us to do such. But it has to be done with the right heart. It has to be done with humility and brokenness. And we have to continue to pray and fight for them. Oh Lord, show us the ones that we have forgotten. Show us the Nineveh next door. Lord, show us what you put us here for. Oh, to preach the truth, to speak it, to be willing to teach it, to lead, to give instruction, to give demonstration of your patience and great mercies and love for us. Let us ever be willing to forgive, to pray for redemption and restoration that one might be taken from the enemy's grip. Lord, you're coming again, and we're not here just to make it into heaven. We are here to plunder hell in the process. Because if we are still on this earth, we still have a mission and a commission to fulfill. And it's the ones that least like us, that most need us, to fight for them. The ones that are misleading others. Oh, how it grieves your spirit. Nevertheless, if they can be corrected, what great a blessing that the enemy would lose a weapon and have it turned against him. Lord, let us see this thing for what it is. Let us see it for the battle that we are fighting. Let us see it for the spiritual world that is affecting the physical and not be so narrow-minded. Let us see the forest for the trees. Let us understand the tactics of the enemy. Give us a heart for the least of these. Show us the hurts and the disappointments and the lies that someone believed that caused them to come into agreement with these unfruitful, ungodly things. What you speak is truth, and your truth will set us free. Let us be willing to speak it too, no matter what others might think. Because humility obeys, humility loves, humility does what it needs to, even when others reject it, even when others call you prideful or arrogant or judgmental for it. Love is selfless enough to take the blows and keep pursuing. Love is relentless. Love is enduring. Jesus, you were willing to be that for us. Let us be willing also to be it for the brethren, the backslidden, and the lost. Give us a heart for those that hurt us. Let us understand the tactics of the enemy that it's usually those who rise most against us that most need our intercession. That many times it's the very ones that we are called to and the enemy knows it. So he stirs them up against us, trying to harden our heart and rob us of our purpose 
Jesus said, what good is the salt if it's lost its savor? He told them this right after telling them that they would be persecuted and hated and that their job was to pray for those who despitefully used them and did all manner of wickedness against them. You are here to help to save them. Remember the fault of the zealots in the time of Jesus was that they began to fight against the Romans. They forgot that the original mandate of Israel was to be a holy priest a kingdom of priests that would tell the world about their king, that God ruled over them, that he was full of mercy and compassion, and that he had a plan for a better kingdom. You still have that mandate, my friend, through Jesus. So even when there is oppression, then remember that that is your call to evangelism. It may not be that you can go across the sea to tell some faraway people about your king. But do you really need to when there are people all around you? What if that far away people came to where you are? What if they invaded like the Israelites had to face with the Romans? What if they became your oppressor? Would you remember that it's because that they were the ones who were oppressed from the start? That just like the one who lives on the inside of us, we are called to set the captives free? to bring liberty to those who are bound spiritually? Will you be like Paul and Silas that praised in their prison until they saw the salvation of their jailer and his family? My friend, will you fight for them? Will you start right now by praying for the straying brethren? And my friend, if you can't pray for those of the household of faith, if you can't pray for your own family, if you can't pray for the ones that you encounter every day, how can you say that you have a heart for a people in some far-off place? Truth is, is that we rarely fight for the Nineveh next door because just like Jonah, we've become hard. We don't have a place for them in our heart anymore. We know their wickedness. We see their sinfulness. We have tasted of the bitterness of their pride and arrogance, and we don't want to fight for them. So today I'm here to challenge you, my friend. Who have you forgotten? Who have you given up on? Who have you stopped praying for? Who has the devil convinced you that it's okay to not weep over anymore? Yes, there comes a time at which we must shake the dust off and walk away. But there never comes a time that it's okay to cease to pray. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.